Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome. It's that time of the day once again. Loosen up because it's Wednesday. And we're going to get a little tight tonight. Be very tight. So much to get through, so little time. Recommended beverage tonight is a glass of Marlborough Region Pinot Noir from New Zealand. Recommended snack, beer nuts. Skull. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. I am your host, Boogie Bubba, hopefully with you for the next hour or so. We'll see how we go. We might go a little bit overtime tonight. We might run into extra time because, like I said, so much to get through. Uh, barely any of which is newsworthy, you'll be pleased to know. My mission for this week has been provide to provide a safe space for people that are sick of listening about Ukraine and whistleblowers. And apparently I was reliably informed uh, in the chat last night that I am no longer to call it the Ukraine, but just Ukraine. Like, sure. Just Ukraine is fine. Ukulele. So hopefully um, if, if your whistle blow it out, if your whistle has been sufficiently blown to the point of being red raw, then you are more than welcome to spend the next hour and a half perhaps with us here on the Daily Boogie Podcast. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you for sharing the show out. If you did, if you didn't, well, so long, sucker. We can't have people just tagging along, enjoying the show and not and not pressing the, the share button, not pressing the like button, not tapping those hearts, not giving a thumbs up. Who am I kidding? You don't have to do any of that. <laughs> to be fair... To be fair, I'd prefer if you didn't do that because then I can always blame uh, my unpopularity on the fact that nobody shares the show out, you see. Because if everybody shares the show out, then I can't blame you for not being more popular. Then I have to reflect and look inwards and perhaps learn some unpleasant truths about myself. Truths that I would much rather keep suppressed deep, deep down. Deep down. I want to be walking on those truths. I want to be like the guy who's suing Apple because the app apparently tricked him into being gay. I don't want to be the guy that reflects and says six months into a, a homosexual relationship, shit, have I been maybe gay all along? No, I want to be the guy that says, no, it couldn't be me. The app made me do it. It was all the app's fault. And I'm taking them to court to prove it. Thank you for joining us. Wednesday edition of the show. Uh, I see Tom in the chat. Tom, uh, if you if you get a chance, if you want to jump on the Discord at any time, I'll keep an eye out for you. Uh, my friend Tom Chadley has been very busy, very, very busy for months now, uh, planning the American Priority Conference. The likes of Donald Trump Jr. is going to be speaking there, Sarah Sanders. Uh, he's been running around with like a chook with his head cut off, trying to dot all the I's and cross all the T's. And on the eve of this event, um, if I get a chance to get Tom on just quickly for five minutes and let you know what he's doing and what's happening down there, I think it'd be great. So 
always support my friend, my comrade, Mr. Chatelet. Oh, there he is. He's jumped, he's jumped right in. This is why he's the man. Let's go straight to him. He's muted now. I'm not sure if he's ready to go. Can you hear me, Tom? Can you hear me, Tomosh? Tomosh. I can hear you, actually, yes. There he is, Tom Chatelet. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for finding a few minutes out of your schedule. I know you're very busy. I, I really just wanted to get you on and first of all tell you um, how proud I am of you for putting this kind of thing together. Like, there's going to be people out there that say, oh, fuck these things, these stupid talk fests and who cares about Donald Trump Jr. and stuff, but just the fact that you've got the kinds of speakers that you have all in one place at one time, that's an incredibly difficult thing to do. And it takes months of planning. So I just want to say congratulations. And I hope everything's going for you. Uh, whereabouts, you, have you started yet? Have have the proceedings kicked off yet? Or are you in that uh, that giddy night before Christmas mode? Uh, we are in go mode. We're moving 100 miles an hour. Um, the event starts officially tomorrow. Um, tomorrow morning, we're kicking off the golf tournament. And then it's go time from there. The official show starts at 6. It'll start at 6. We've got a comedy show. We've got Robert Dobby starting tomorrow, kicking off the conference. Um, and absolutely, uh, this has been months in the making. It's nothing but 20-hour days, hard work, and sweat. Um, and, you know, I, I understand people's reservations about these events and stuff. One thing that's a little bit different from this event, as I'm sure you're, you know, well aware of, is we're 100% grassroots. I mean, you know me. Yep. Um, I'm just a guy. Uh, a year ago, you know, we were talking, and I was talking for my home studio, meanwhile, taking shifts at the factory. Yep. So um, a, a different dynamic here. You know, this is an event that we wanted to set a precedence that if you're willing to work, you want to try hard, and you aren't unafraid to, you know, really make sacrifices to get something done and to work towards a, a goal, um, that anybody can really do these things. Uh and, you know, we highlight at our event, we're highlighting the A-listers, yes, and we have, you know, a lot of them coming. But at the same time, in the same way that we did last year, we're also highlighting people who don't have. He's just dipped out there for a second. Just when it, just when it was getting to the, just when it was getting to the crescendo. Just when it was getting to that moment where it's like, and the secret of life is. <laughs> you can, I'm just an average guy. I've just I've just been working hard. Anybody could do this. And if you want to if you want to become a guy like me and put together these kinds of conferences and go from the factory floor to hobnobbing with the you know the next potentially the next president of the United States, then all you have to do is. I feel like he's punking me now. I feel like <laughs> I feel like that was on purpose. <laughs> Very good at building the suspense, is our Tom. He's back there now. I see he's, he's muted his mic again. I'm not sure if he's ready to go. Just jump, just jump back in whenever you feel the need, Tom. Um, uh, Tom and I first started speaking probably a couple of years ago now, and it's true what he's saying. Uh, he started off, you know, he was doing shift work on a factory floor, and I saw him on Periscope one night, and he was getting, he was reading uh, official documents from genetic engineering labs and stuff. And I said, this is a bit, this is a bit heavy for a guy who works on a factory on a production line. You know what I mean? So it always struck me, tremendous um, networking abilities, tremendous command of the English language, very intelligent guy. 
But one of those guys, you know, some of the smartest people I've ever met have been in people that work in blue-collar industries. Uh, he's on a call. That's all right, mate. Some of the people I've ever, smartest people I've ever met have been people that work blue-collar jobs. And it's funny, some of the most dense people, maybe there's a, there's a difference between education and intelligence, I think. And sometimes some of the most highly educated people are the people who know the least about, you know, everyday topics, who are the least informed. I was once told by somebody, a degree means that a particular person knows a lot about this one tiny little slither of human existence. And good on them for that. But there's a whole, uh, there's a whole range of other shit that they don't know, that they don't study, that they don't pay attention to. Either by you know, cause or by choice. And so it's amazing, you know, some of the most educated people I've ever met in my life, you know, a couple, three, four degrees, some of them, most of my friends sort of grew up to go into, um, you know, university trained type employment and now are pretty high up in the corporate world. And some of them, you know, they couldn't tell you what, uh, you know, they couldn't tell you what the big topic is on, on the news for the last week. They have no idea. They couldn't tell you, you know, who the president is. Not that that's important necessarily, but it just goes to show uh, sometimes there can be an information gap, you know, and if you ask them something about uh, accounting, for example, then they'll tell you everything that you need to know. But you can ask them things about, you know, psychological studies or things of that nature, you know, sports science, and they'll have no idea, which is fine. But it's, it's, it's always interesting to me. Tom's back on the line. Tom, I was just saying a couple of years ago, I first met you on uh, a Periscope when you were going through, you were going through um, official documents from genetic engineering labs. <laughs> and I, I said, who the hell is this guy? And it was, you were on there for a couple of hours and you said, okay, guys, I've got to go to work now. Jumps up and he's wearing a blue wife beater singlet. It's like, okay, I'm going to work at the factory now. See you later, everyone. Have a good night. <laughs> it's like, well, I've, this guy earned a follow. And there you are. And now here you are, you know, sort of 12 months that you were talking about being in your home studio. I remember once we spent about two or three hours trying to get your mic to get rid of a static noise. And now, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not bitter. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I have only goodwill for you. I'm still here trying to get rid of static noises, just to let you know what's happening on my side of the I, world. I just want to let you know, I still haven't fixed that problem. I just put it in the closet and changed careers. <laughs> I'll come back to the mic at another time, but for now, I'm just yeah. gonna I'm just gonna fiddle around with this organizing uh, conference stuff. I'm gonna do that for a little while, and then I'll get back to the mic when I feel ready. So it all kicks off tomorrow. Um, well done, Tom. Uh, what else can you tell us? What are you looking forward to? What are people, have you been talking to people? What are they most looking forward to? Absolutely. Um, one of the things people are really looking forward to is obviously inter interfacing with some of their favorite, you know, social media names, the news names, um, pundits, politicians, but um, also just networking. A lot of these people haven't been to events before. Um, they've never met people in real life and getting really just getting out and getting out these MAGA supporters or these just independent thinkers, um, getting them out and meeting in person and off of social media. And people underestimate, you know, the power of that and how profound that can ha ha change people's lives. How profoundly. Sure. 
Um, and a lot of people are just looking forward to that. Obviously, it's Miami. It's a very nice resort. It's a Trump property. Um, but And so people are looking forward to that as well. But they're also looking forward to just in-person camaraderie, getting mm. off of the Internet, getting out of the social media and the Internet ghettos and mind traps and yep. just having a drink and smoking a cigar with like-minded folks. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's something to say about socialization outside of social media. You know, from from what we can best ascertain at this point, social media, if for all of its upside, of which there is much, there's also a far a far greater downside, that being that it's actually making us less social and less likely to uh, engage in, you know, camaraderie outside of the internet, for want of a better term. So it's good, like you said, it's good to break out of that mould and actually, you can learn a lot more with people when you're actually talking to them face-to-face and you shake their hand than you probably can by reading their Twitter feed, right? Sorry, there's a plane going overhead. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think I'm getting another call. I may have to jump off. That's all right. Um, That's all right. Thanks for, thanks for jumping on, Tom. I really appreciate it. Thanks for, um, you know, thanks, thanks for what you buddy. do. Thanks, have everyone. Good AFS, luck, mate. AmericanPriority.com. AmericanPriority.com. For any latecomers that want to go down there and see Tom at his best, you probably won't see him. It'll just be a, like a blur, whizzing past various rooms, whizzing past the buffet, I assume, at some point. <laughs> so I appreciate that. Yeah, like I said, uh, you, you can have you can have your skepticism about the speakers and uh, events like this, and that's all fair enough. But I'm more than happy to uh, support my friend in you know in putting stuff like this together because it's it's no mean feat and you'll probably find he would never say this but you'll probably find that he's dealing when you're dealing with a lot of big personalities and a lot of sort of prima donnas and stuff to actually get them to all line up in a row and have certain times that they speak and certain events that they go to and have it all ordered out and have everybody's needs catered to because everybody would be the star Everybody would be used to being a star to actually get the people who are used to being stars um, to play like as a team, essentially, and get them all in one place at the same time working towards a common goal is no mean feat at all. And it should be uh, it should be inspiration to people, you know, working, like I said, working the factory floor 12 months ago. And now he's telling the likes of Sarah Sanders and donald trump jr when they can speak <laughs> no not yet don not yet uh we're gonna finish up here first and then you can go on just like that <laughs> so that's quite a story and if you're not following tom you should at tom chatelet on twitter so uh all the best with that tomo okay that's the end of the love fest now let's get into the crux of the show if you're if by, by the way if you'd like to become a supporter of this little operation then you can do so by following oh, I'm all I'm all giddy now I'm all off kilter <laughs> if you'd like to become a supporter of the show please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player and of course yes Pinochet says the cat herder Tom if you'd like to herd some cats and you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogie bumper. So much to get through, so little time. Uh, tonight we're going to examine the strange mating habits of the straight pride people. Vice, one of our favourite publications on this program, for obvious sarcastic reasons, went undercover at the straight pride parade and tried to pry the minds of the bigots 
the bigots who have penises and enjoy vaginas and the bigots who have vaginas and enjoy the schlong. And they wanted to go deep into the psyche of these individuals and find out just what makes them tick in the absence of an iPhone app to convince them that they should try being gay for a change. So we're going to have a look at that. Also want to cover a little short CNN video by Chris Saliza discussing the Biden effect. I'm, I'm afraid we're going to have to do a tiny little bit on the Ukraine, but it's really nothing to do about the Ukraine. It's more about framing and it should be fun to have a look at that. Chris Saliza works very hard for CNN, puts out two six-minute videos a week. So I think it's only fair if we admire his workaholic-like tendencies and see just the kind of uh, the level of competency with which he is applying himself there at America's favorite uh, corporate news network. Um, we're also going to take a look at the juxtaposition that can occur in today's day, in today's modern age, when it comes to issues of sex and sexuality and intimacy. So if you are one of the people who are perhaps turned off by these topics, now would be the chance that you have to leave. Now would be the time. If you want to giggle and snicker under the covers with your girlfriends at a sleepover party, then you have come to the right show and you'll most definitely want to stick around. But before we get to any of that, we need to do a little bit of an update. Ladies and gentlemen, the Climate Kids... Day four of their week-long rebellion against climate death. They are apparently causing chaos in all of the Australian major cities. Interestingly enough, I only know about this chaos by watching YouTube clips of it. I have yet to see any of the chaos for myself, but I have no reason to doubt the media whatsoever. And I'm sure untold amounts of chaos are being hurled at the unwitting population. So I thought we'd have a quick little look here see what the climate kids are up to, see how they're blowing minds, see how they're changing the world. Let's see the formula for standing up to the man and giving him the big middle finger and saying, we demand better. We are human beings. We have demands. See what makes them tick. Climate protesters have this morning targeted one of Melbourne's busiest targeted. arterial roads. Stephanie Anderson's in the thick of it. Well, Hoddle Street is a major arterial for those commuting. Today's show is going to be a bit different. I was thinking about it like just a couple of minutes before I hit the, the stream button. And I, what came to mind was a comment by a former prime minister of this country who said, when we view conflicts overseas, we need to get out of the mindset that says it's good guys versus bad guys. He said sometimes the reality is in these conflicts that it's just bad guys versus bad guys. He was talking about our tendency to back one kind of leader in these foreign conflicts and then that kind of leader takes over and then uses our weapons to massacre everybody and then we have to back a different leader to take out the first leader that we installed and then that leader turns bad and it's just kind of an en endless cycle of incompetency. So we need to start thinking about it less in terms of good versus bad and sometimes it's just bad versus bad <laughs> so i want you to take that kind of cognitive environment into today's show don't think necessarily in terms of good versus bad sometimes there are good people on the bad side and sometimes there are bad people on the good side and sometimes both sides are bad <laughs> sometimes the people on both sides are bad sometimes they're both good but rarely 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 is that the case. Often, there's got to be a bad guy somewhere, right? 
So let's let's have a look at this and see what's going on with the climate kids. In and out of Melbourne each and every morning, but today this intersection was the first stop for Extinction Rebellion protesters Extinction on bikes Rebellion. on a mission to disrupt drivers. Dozens of riders cycled this. into the intersection just after 7.30 and stopped traffic, flanked by police. Now that would be fucking annoying. <laughs> Here I was. I'm one of these stupid simpletons that thought the whole point of action is to get people to rally to your cause, right? You're trying to draw attention to your cause, yes. But it doesn't end at drawing attention. You don't want bad attention. You don't want the kind of attention that leads to you being on little podcasts like this, where the majority of the audience will point at you and say, wow, you are an annoying little shit. (laughs) That's not the kind of attention you want when you're trying to rally people to your cause. You want to garner sympathy. You want to garner empathy for your cause. Disrupting, uh, a, you know, a, a pretty miserable commute to work. Women are trying to put on their lipstick in the rearview mirror. Guys are spilling coffee on themselves and half-eaten sandwiches are strewn around the car. It's not a good place. It's not a good environment. Especially not for a lecture by a whole bunch of people on push bikes who are clapping and chanting things through your windshield. I wouldn't have thought. I don't know how successful this is going to be. We'll have to wait and see. By police. This is what democracy looks like. Public school. (laughs) This is what democracy looks like. No, this looks like a traffic jam. This looks like a traffic jam or what you might find out the front of a, say, leafy cafe at 10 a.m. in the morning, you know, when all the cyclists pull up for their latte before they head off for their second leg of their route for that morning. It, it looks like an accident. It doesn't look like democracy at all. When I think of democracy, I think of people very calmly lining up at the voting booth, <laughs> very calmly going in, casting their vote and walking out, buying a sausage sandwich, as is the tradition in this country. Sausage sandwich on the barbecue after you vote and then spending the next four years complaining about the person that they voted for. That, for me, is democracy. I can't believe I voted for that son of a bitch. God, I hate them now. Ah, who cares? They're all fucked. That's democracy. Riding your push bike into a busy intersection on an arterial road at 7.30 in the morning for the sole purpose of disrupting traffic and making people's lives more miserable doesn't seem like democracy to me. That just seems like something a jerk would do. That seems like a dick move. But anyway. Well, assistant principal Campbell Gome was among those leading the charge. We were conscious that blocking Hoddle Street, as we did for maybe about three minutes. <laughs> Wait, three minutes? <laughs> now, see what I was saying about the good guys versus the bad guys? If it was only three minutes, then it's really not that much of an inconvenience. So, If you set out for the purpose of inconveniencing people, if you set out for the purpose of disruption, but then you only stuck to it for three minutes, you may as well have stayed home. Am I wrong? Like, like if you're going to jump on your push, you're like, we're, we're, we're protesting today. Yeah. We're going to cause mass disruption around the city to get our message out. Yeah. We're going to stay there for as long as it takes to boil an egg. Yeah, huh? But I packed a lunch. I've got water bottles. I've got a little chili bin filled with sandwiches. I bought enough for everybody. 
I kind of thought we'd be out there all day. Three minutes is what it takes. This is what democracy looks like. But I've already paid for the sitter. It's like, it's like 200 bucks. Is somebody going to reimburse me for that? I was really looking forward to, you know, spending the day together, talking about the government and climate and, you know, rallying the troops. I thought we were going to be protesting all day. I, I mean, I could have, the lawn needs doing, I could have been doing that instead. I'm not sure three minutes is going to do it. Won't, won't people just be three minutes late? What are we achieving here? <laughs> These are the kind of questions that I would be asking if I was part of this protest group. But the brave climate warriors decided to stop traffic for three minutes. Uh, if you missed it, this guy is an assistant principal at a local school, a.k.a. a government worker, which is going to be key in the next thing that you hear. was among those leading the charge. We were conscious that blocking Hoddle Street, as we did for maybe about three minutes, would make a point um, that, that, that we... Make a very small point. <laughs> It would make a point so small that you would need a microscope to actually see it. Trying to get it that we're trying to make. We want to be heard. Yep. We need people to hear yes. so that they can join us and and put pressure on government oh. to take the actions that we need. We need governments to declare an emergency. The right. group um, sorry. If you're the assistant principal at a a public school, uh, you know I could be wrong here. Correct me if I'm wrong, but don't you work for the government? <laughs> We're here to fight the government. You mean your boss? Well, sort of. There's departments and stuff. But if government is the problem and you work for the government, aren't you then part of the problem? Well, no. Three minutes. We're only staying out here for three minutes. That's all we're doing. That's as long as it's going to take. That's all we're committing to. Because I don't want to be late for it. If I don't show up by 9.30, I lose my benefits. And I'm really looking forward to that pay raise at the end of the year. So I wouldn't want to. Yes, word spider in the chat. Excellent point. Word, stopping traffic increases carbon, right? <laughs> Although I really do hate, I have to get a little bit autistic on this. Uh, I hate it when people just say carbon. I know what you mean. And I know you know what you mean. Uh, but the kind of carbon... See, I hate the term carbon pollution. That is a misnomer. That is false. There is no such thing as carbon pollution. We are carbon. Everything is made of carbon. The, the kind of carbon that they want to talk about is carbon dioxide. But carbon dioxide isn't even the stuff that gets pumped out of cars. The stuff that gets pumped out of cars is carbon monoxide, which is a toxic gas. So they're all, they're all levels of confused. We're going to stop traffic to protest against carbon pollution. One, carbon pollution isn't a thing. Two, it's carbon dioxide, not carbon. And three, cars produce carbon monoxide, not carbon dioxide. <laughs> so good, good job on the protest. At least, exactly, at least it was only three minutes. Just three minutes and then they're off. First blocked the intersection of Gibbs and Hoddle Streets, then looped around to do the same at Johnston Street before moving on just minutes later on both occasions. This is day three of what these activists have called their spring rebellion. And <laughs> Can anybody... Again, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't spring longer than three minutes? <laughs> It feels like 
with this carbon with this carbon pollution and this climate change, it feels like spring is getting smaller every year, doesn't it? I mean, I just put the kettle on to boil and I was looking forward to a nice cup of coffee in the spring morning air and then all of a sudden, bang, it's summer. It's like, how the hell did that happen? The seasons are getting shorter and shorter. Three minutes later, the, the spring of rebellion, it will be over in around 180 seconds. So make the most of it. Quick, take the dog for a walk. Take the children to the park before it gets too hot. Now, many caught up in the action have had enough. This is great. So, again, we're trying to rally people to our cause here. This is the whole point of this spring rebellion is to get other people to join the rebellion. And, of course, the commuters in the traffic who were held up for a grand total of three minutes, I'm sure that they would be very sympathetic to the cause. They would be very sympathetic to the protesters and they would want to show their support when they are asked by the local news what they think of these protests and saving the planet. F-wits. I'm sorry, but they're just destroying Australia. Australia just destroyed. <laughs> they're fuckwits. They're destroying Australia. Australia is destroyed. They are destroying Australia. For three minutes at a time. See, I don't even know what side I'm on anymore. It's like, well, come, you know, it's really not that bad. It was only three minutes. They were pretty considerate, all things granted. I mean, some of the protesters in other countries will sit out there for a week. Our guys at least just stop traffic for a few minutes and then, all right, bing, bing, have a nice day. Bye, everyone. Save the planet. It's like, get out of the way, you fucking idiot. You are ruining the country. <laughs> Husband will tell you, we tell them to get a bloody job. This get is... a job. Tell them to get a job. Australia's in free fall. Because of this, people can't work. Oh, I love his passion. Get a bloody job. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, sir. It's worse than you think. They have jobs and they work for the government. The guy running this protest is literally the deputy principal at your grandchild's school. It's even worse than you think. Get a bloody job, he says. Get a different job. <laughs> Get a non-government job, you bloody bludgeon bastard. Got to see old mate again. He's got passion. I like passion. It's good to see. Yeah, we... Tell him to get a bloody job. This get is... a job. Tell him to get a job. Australia's in free fall. Because of this, people can't work. We yeah. can't get any workers going here because of this. It's in free fall, Australia. You know, yes, mate. Down. Even the government can't run the country. Traffic is... <laughs> Isn't he great? I want to elect him. Can I vote for him at the next election? We need to get this guy in office. Mr. Prime Minister, would you like to make a comment about the recent climate change protest? Get a fucking job! <laughs> Mr. Prime Minister, a lot of these people work for the government already. We'll get a different fucking job. It's because of people like you that the country's going down the fucking toilet. Nobody can get to work. We're in free fall. What the bloody hell is wrong with you? Ladies and gentlemen, the Prime Minister of Australia. That's exactly the kind of that's exactly the kind of leadership we need in this goddamn country. Good on him. Well done. Round of applause. Round of applause for supporting the climate warriors <laughs> with their three minute protest. Inconveniencing people three minutes at a time to save the planet. 
Uh, I thought I'd show this. Chris Eliza, just before we get on to the straight pride parade, which I'm very much looking forward to. Uh, Chris Eliza put this video out the other day. No, there's sound. There's sound going out. I can see there's sound bouncing around, man. I have sound monitoring stuff. So Chris Eliza put this out on Tuesday, and I thought it was interesting because what it indicated to me was how the corporate press is going to redirect the discussion. They're, say what you will about uh, the corporate press. They have been for a very long time very good at redirecting discussions into more fruitful areas, into areas where they can make some ground. Um, they're less effective now than they used to be simply because less people are watching them, I think. If more people were watching, then they'd still be just as effective as they were. But there's a whole bunch of reasons why people are no longer watching them. It's not just that they're awful. It's not just that people are awake. It's also the influx of things like streaming services and the internet and Twitter and social media and stuff. There's a whole range of reasons why people are no longer paying that much attention to cable news. So, of course, they're becoming less effective when they try to redirect discussions down different pathways. And a lot of what we talk about when we discuss things like fake news, people have this uh, misconception that when we say fake news, we're saying that everything that comes out of that outlet or that source is false or fake or wrong. And that's really not what it's about. When we're talking about fake news, you know, I've often said that you can give me three facts. Let's We'll use climate change, for example. You can give me three facts. And I can write you an article from both sides of the argument using the exact same three facts. You know, you could say uh, X amount of coal is being mined per year. Now, in the pro, you know, in the climate change um, activist article, I would say we need to do something because X amount of coal is being mined each year and that's being pumped into the Earth's atmosphere and then we're all going to die. And for the climate change skeptic article, I would say, uh, the economy is vitally important to a country like Australia. For example, we mine X amount of coal every year and this provides employment for X amount of people and this gives you know X amount of millions of dollars for us to spend on hospitals and roads and blah, blah, blah. So you can see I've used the same fact and it's all about what you put around that fact and how you spin it and the conclusion that you spit out at the end. So when we're talking about fake news, oftentimes there are facts in there but it's the conclusions that they reach at the end of the article. It's the inference that they try to create and the implications that they're trying to push onto you, the audience. That is the fake part. Sometimes it'll be a truth mixed in with half-truths wrapped around a, a fallacious story that makes no sense when you extract all of these factoids and look at them in a vacuum. So it's a little more uh, sophisticated, a little more nuanced than just saying everything that comes out of that place is fake. And I think this is a good example of what we're talking about here. I'll let you see. Hunter is really biding his time in this race. That's terrible, even for me, Ken. Yeah. <laughs> Donald Trump has made a lot of wild attacks against Joe Biden and his son Hunter of late. Tweeted Wild attacks. Wild attacks. Trump in early October, and I quote, 
The Biden family was paid off, pure and simple. The fake wild, wild being used as, a, as a, you know, an obviously subjective term. There would be no need to say wild attacks. You could just say attacks. That would be fair. Wild attacks creates the impression that it's uh, out of control, that he's not thinking about what he's doing. Now, that might well be true, but that's editorializing, right? You're applying a kind of emotional state to the person that you have no knowledge of. That's your opinion. You're guessing. You're deducing, perhaps unfairly, perhaps poorly, perhaps wrongly, perhaps falsely. So one sentence in and we're already seeing how you can present it in a certain way. Rabbit attacks, extreme attacks, bloodthirsty, vicious attacks. <laughs> News must stop making excuses for something that is totally inexcusable. Sleepy Joe said he never spoke to the Ukrainian company. And then the picture came out where he was playing golf with the company boss and hunter. And by the way, I would love running against 1% of white. I just don't think it's going to happen. Sleepy Joe won't get to the starting gate. And based on all the money, he and his family probably extorted. <laughs> I, love, I love the probably being shoved in there by the president. Because, <laughs> see, he's doing the same thing, if we're being fair. Based on all of the money that he and his family probably extorted, <laughs> perhaps, maybe, sort of, kind of, maybe, probably, perhaps. <laughs> End quote. None of that happens to be true. None of it. Really? None of it? Okay. Let's see why. Trump's repeated insistence that Joe Biden did something nefarious by trying to remove a prosecutor in Ukraine is simply not borne out by the facts. Uh, well, Joe Biden did try to remove a prosecutor in the Ukraine, and he did successfully. That's a fact, right? So they're adding in because of something nefarious, which is also an opinion from Donald Trump, but that doesn't mean that Joe Biden didn't try to do it because Joe Biden most definitely did try to do it. He bragged about doing it himself on stage without being prompted. See how a fact becomes, you know, a half-truth becomes a disingenuous smear just like that? But see, look at the next step. Look at the way it just, then it gets turned back against you. No matter how many times Trump screams corruption, it doesn't change the fact that there is zero evidence that Joe Biden's actions in Ukraine as vice president had anything to do with his son. Right. But see, the issue is not necessarily that it had something to do with his son. Uh, you're arguing that Donald Trump did the wrong thing by using aid money to try and get a foreign government to do something. That's the charge. And Joe Biden used aid money as leverage to get a foreign government to do something. So the story about the sun and stuff, whilst it might well be true and it might well be untrue, see how you've made it all about the accusation and instead of the actual thing that happened, right? And they're like, well, there's no facts here. It's all a lie. And they just wash over it. But it's not all a lie. But it gets better. None. Well, Biden has clearly had enough of Trump's attacks already. Right. He's indicted himself by his own statements. This is not about me. It's not about my son. Okay. So we're clear on that part of the story. Okay, good. We're done. Here's mm -hmm. the thing, though. Trump's fusillade of falsehoods draws attention away from this very real fact. Here comes the redirection. 
Here comes the redirection into something else. This is how we take a story and spin it to our advantage in the corporate press, ladies and gentlemen. Hunter Biden could be a problem for his father's 2020 presidential oh, what a qualifier. campaign. Now, as the New Yorker's Adam Antus put it in a lengthy profile of Hunter Biden yep. that ran earlier this year, quote, yep. there is little question that Hunter's proximity to power shaped the arc of his career and that, as the former Biden aide told me, Hunter is super rich terrain. And can you see what they're getting? Can you can you see what they're setting you up here for? Can you see what's coming? I bet you can, because I could see it coming a mile away. Quote, Okay, so Hunter Biden's personal and professional weaknesses are both well-known okay. and well-worn at this point. Yeah. Hunter Biden has admitted... In other words, stop talking about it. ...admitted to using cocaine in college and as an adult. The, the poor guy. Why is he a poor guy? Because of this. He has acknowledged that he has struggled with alcohol addiction. He struggled with alcohol addiction, guys. Don't you see? He's a victim. And it would be wrong. It would be wrong to continue to say things about somebody who's struggling with addiction. He even went to rehab to try and make himself a better person. In the early 2000s, he admitted himself into an alcohol rehabilitation center for a month. I see, he's an angel. He's an angel. So everybody knows these stories. That's not the issue. People are going to try to criticize the guy for the addiction and the rehab, and that wouldn't be fair. It's not fair. He's a victim, okay? Hunter Biden's relationships have been tabloid fodder, fairly or not. He tabloid fodder, fairly or not? He and his first wife are divorced. For a time after his brother Bo's death, Hunter and Bo's widow were together. <laughs> one way of saying it. Tabloid fodder, or fairly or not? In May of this year, he got remarried after a short romance. Okay. The Yale Law School graduate worked for a DC lobbying company. Okay. As well, although according to his boss, never on clients that touched his father's work as a senator from Delaware in any way. Yes. According to his boss, he never worked on any uh, lobbying gig that had anything to do with his father, the senator at the time. And I'm sure that the boss just came out and offered this explanation out of the goodness of his heart. And it had nothing to do with attracting perhaps some kind of negative press toward the lobbying firm itself. I'm sure that this was the motivation because, as we all know, lobbyists, ladies and gentlemen, are amongst the best people amongst us. They are the best people. They are the most ethical, the most scrupulous. They are, basic, they are basically angels walking amongst us every day. So uh, I'm sure that was the motivation for that. And, and yes, just one quote from the former boss is enough to dispel all the, that's That's now debunked, you see. You see, any kind of uh, any kind of scepticism you might have had, any kind of questions you might have had relating to Hunter Biden's work in the lobbying industry have all been put to rest now. They've all been shoved to one side because, guys, didn't you hear? His former boss came out and said he didn't do anything like that. So now we can move on. Now we can move away from that. And don't forget, guys, he's struggling every day. So it would be wrong to keep after him. Because he's done nothing wrong. There are no facts, as Chris Eliza said. Worth noting, Hunter Biden eventually dropped all of his lobbying clients yes. and resigned from the board of Amtrak when his father was chosen as the vice presidential he's a nominee good guy. back in 2008 good guy. by Barack Obama. Now, gotcha. sidebar, Hunter told Entus, the New Yorker reporter, of his decision to walk away from his lobbying clients, quote, I wanted my father to have a clean slate. I didn't want to limit him in any way. And 
See how certain quotes are taken as gospel truth and must not be questioned, and then other quotes are taken as merely the manifestation of some other underlying lie, depending on who the who the person is providing the quote. You'll see. Quote. And also during his father's years alongside Barack Obama in the White House, Hunter did start a company with, among others, Chris Hines. <laughs> so he's. He, Look, look, guys, every, there is absolutely no factual statement in what the president said whatsoever. Uh, what we do know is Hunter, you know, has been tabloid fodder, fairly or unfairly. He struggled with alcohol addiction and uh, taking cocaine. He checked himself into rehab. He did work for a DC lobbying firm, but his former boss said that he didn't do anything bad. And he dropped his various gigs when his father became a vice presidential nominee Oh, and by the way, just in case you were wondering, um, yeah, he did start doing it again later on. But, you know, whatever. After I've already told you all that other stuff, what's the difference, right? You, you already know he's a good guy and didn't do anything wrong. So just in case you were wondering, uh, a little bit later, sometime later on, he started doing lobbying work again. Whatever. Whatever. Not even important. <laughs> the stepson of former Secretary of State John Kerry. That company's goal was to help foreign businesses expand into the United States and other markets. <laughs> that company that company's mission statement was to help foreign uh, businesses expand into the US <laughs> into other markets. Uh yeah. And he was doing this while his father was vice president. But don't worry about that. Uh his former boss said he didn't do anything wrong. Then he quit that job. This is a new job. This has nothing to do with the old job. <laughs> So, Hunter so. Biden wound up on several boards as a result of the company's work, including one for a Ukrainian natural gas company named Burisma Holdings. So Just happens. He, so, so, as a result of his work lobbying for foreign governments to expand into the U.S. market, he just happened to wind up on a whole bunch of boards. Nothing to see here. Nothing untoward going on. It's all fine. As we all know, when you're dealing with foreign governments... And when you're making deals with companies in foreign countries and lobbying people in the government of the your home country in the United States and your father happens to be vice president and the secretary of state happens to be Hillary Clinton and uh, a whole bunch of people happen to sit on the board that makes approvals of these various companies coming into the United States and those various uh, countries make sizable donations to various foundations and whatnot. Everybody knows that this is no, no facts, nothing to see here. It's just a whole lot of tabloid fodder. It's just a whole bunch of hearsay and conjecture. It's all been debunked because as we heard from the former boss, he didn't do nothing wrong. He's a good boy. So nothing to see here. See, see how easy this is? Just facts, just facts, guys. Hunter joined the board at Burisma in 2014, yep. and he didn't come off of the board until this year. Right. He was paid as much as $50,000 a month by Burisma, according to the New York Times, to sit on the board. Yep. Ukraine's former prosecutor general, though, Yuri Lutsenko, had said in interviews this year that Hunter Biden did not violate any Ukrainian laws. <laughs> I mean, if you can't trust a Ukrainian politician, who can you trust? Am I right? It's not like that. It's not like the Ukraine has a reputation for being one of the uh, bottomless pits of corruption over the last sixty or seventy years, through Soviet occupation and then after the the collapse of the Soviet Empire. That's got nothing to do with it, guys. You heard the guy. The politician from the Ukraine said nothing happened. 
Uh, omitted from this piece by Chris Eliza is the fact that when the new government took over in the Ukraine, led by Mr. Zelensky, and when they were changing their offices, apparently the server with all of this um, Hunter Biden and Burisma information just went missing into thin air. Just, just disappeared. You know, the investigation that took place where they said we didn't find anything, so stop asking us. Well, the, the incoming prosecutors, the incoming government officials asked for all of that information and suddenly, I don't know, I don't know. I may Have you checked underneath the seat cushions? It's not there. Couldn't find it. Well, it's not there. Have you checked behind the driver's seat in the car? Maybe it's in there. Maybe it just slipped out of my folder. It's just one of those things. Never mind. All right, so big picture. What's clear here is that Hunter Biden has benefited from being the son of Joe Biden. Here's the here's the redirection. Okay, my little sheepies, I'm going to open this gate over here and start herding you in. This is the real discussion that needs to be had about this. Kind of like how Donald Trump Jr., Eric Trump, and Ivanka Trump have benefited from being the children of Donald Trump. <laughs> yes! Yes! So, as we can all see here in my three-and-a-half-minute explanation of the whole uh, factually inaccurate Hunter Biden affair, basically what we're dealing with here is Hunter Biden has benefited from being the son of a politician just like Donald Trump's kids have. <laughs> you see how it's the same thing? <laughs> it's the exact same thing, guys. Huh? Are you with me? <laughs> Do you want to hear it again? <laughs> I love the audacity. Violate any Ukrainian laws. All right, so big picture. What's clear here big is that picture. Hunter Biden has benefited from being the son of Joe Biden. Kind of like how Donald Trump Jr., Eric Trump, and Ivanka Trump <laughs> yeah. have benefited from being the children of kind of like kind of. It's kind of like the same thing. <laughs> like Donald Trump benefited from being the son of. Fred. Oh my God, the Trumps are even more corrupt. Trump. I knew it. On and on it goes. The scions of wealthy or influential or wealthy and influential people yep. are often given a series of helping hands by their parents yeah. as they move through life. That's all we're dealing with here. It's just a little bit of a helping hand. That's all that, that's all that it was. It's just a helping hand. It's basically the same thing that happened to Donald Trump's kids. They basically got the same deal. I assume that they're all on the board of uh, Ukrainian energy companies. <laughs> I'm sure they're all lobbying foreign governments to expand into the US and being rewarded to the tune of over $100,000 a month for the privilege of having absolutely zero idea what the fuck industry is doing. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's just the same thing. What else is new? Now, the question that voters in 2020 will have to answer is whether that fact of life bothers them. Bravo. Bravo. So you can see here they've already ordained Joe Biden to be the Democratic presidential nominee, right? So now it's going to come down to uh, whose kids do you hate more? <laughs> well, let's look at the big picture here. The real problem is that rich kids benefit from the activities of their rich parents. And the whole discussion about Hunter Biden is really just the same as Ivanka, Donald Trump Jr. and Eric Trump. So what voters need to focus on, what I'm telling you that voters really need to worry about is who do you hate least, Hunter Biden or Ivanka Trump? 
It's really that simple. <laughs> That's all there is. That's the big picture. Or more specifically, whether it bothers them enough not to vote for Joe Biden to be the Democratic nominee for president, or, or if he wins that, to be the next president. And that's obviously a very difficult question to answer, especially because the children of politicians are in a very gray area when it comes to newsworthiness. Everyone, uh, outside of the fringiest of fringe outlets, generally... In other words, we're not going to be spending too much time talking about Hunter Biden. We already know about the, you know, the wife thing and the cocaine thing and the alcohol thing. We've already had the quote from his boss at the DC lobbying firm, which proves to us without any shadow of a doubt that he's a good boy and he did nothing wrong. We've already had the quote, the single sentence quote from the former prosecutor who's no longer in the government of the Ukraine saying that nothing bad happened. And now that we can safely say that it's really just the same thing as what Donald Trump's kids are doing anyway. <laughs> and that's and that's the big issue. And that's the underlying issue behind all of this. Isn't it wonderful? Agrees that children under 18 are off limits. And so you see almost no coverage of Baron Trump, for example, in the same way that Malia. Unless, it's, unless of course, it's uh, blue check marks on Twitter saying that they want to throw him into a cage with pedophiles for some reason. Yeah, and Sasha Obama were largely ignored by the media during their dad's eight years in the White House. Yep. Same thing for Barbara and Jenna Bush. But where that line gets a little blurrier is when a candidate for president has adult children, like Biden and Trump both do. Yeah, it's a little blurry. We've already done Hunter Biden. There's nothing to see here. The Trump kids, on the other hand. Of course, people aren't voting for Hunter Biden or Donald Trump Jr. to be president. They're voting for so the false equivalency game. It's in full swing. Joe Biden or Donald Trump to be president. Sidebar. Some people are, however, Sidebar. talking about Donald Trump Jr. running for president and maybe as soon as 2024. Oh! So if anything, the Trump's the Trump children are far more dangerous than Hunter Biden because Hunter is never going to be the president, but Donald Trump Jr. might. So whilst we aren't voting for the children, if you vote for Donald Trump, you pretty much are. It's actually far worse than Hunter Biden, ladies and gentlemen. And sidebar. Now, on the other hand, if an adult kid is profiting solely from connection to his or her dad or mom, that seems like the sort of thing that voters might want to know as they consider a like variety of factors wanna. in deciding who they want to cast a ballot for. Maybe. Okay, so where does that leave voters with where we started, Hunter Biden? Good question. Clearly many wonder about how he got a board seat on a Ukrainian natural gas company that reportedly paid him handsomely, especially given his father's role as vice president of the United States at the time he joined the Clearly people are wondering about it. Yeah, you know, people are scratching their head and gazing at their navel and perhaps from time to time their thoughts wander to how just did Hunter Biden get that job. But I'm here to tell you that we have the quote from his former boss and the former prosecutor that say he's a good boy and he didn't do anything wrong. So I really don't know what you're wondering about. We've we've been over this. We've debunked this story, Mr. President. <laughs> Board. That could raise age-old questions for voters about how power and access work. Not oh, just in really? Washington, really? but around the world. And not corruption, though. Notice how we didn't notice how we're not talking about corruption or potential corruption. He said that might raise questions in voters, not about potential corruption, ladies and gentlemen, but we've now redefined it as power and access. <laughs> I've got to fucking tip my hat to this. This is sensational stuff. 
Um, are you at all concerned about the potential corruption allegations surrounding the Biden family? Corruption? What are you talking about? Oh, you mean nepotism and power and access, just like the Trump children have? There you go. Now you've just armed all of the faithful viewers of this to go back out into the world and start putting up bulletproof shields, start deflecting your little bullets of information right back at you. Now they're just going to call it, it's a discussion needs to be had about power and access. And if we're talking about power and access, well, Donald Trump is the president. So which children have more power and access? Trump's children or Biden's children? That's obvious, you right-wing idiot. <laughs> See how this happens? Just like that. I told you, they're very good at this stuff. No, but this is why we do this shit on this show, because once you see it, you can't unsee it. By the way, that voters can have questions about Biden and Hunter, as well as questions about Donald Trump pushing for a favor out of Ukraine. Ah, it's the same thing. <laughs> However, I personally don't think Hunter struggles with addiction, struggles he's been open about, and his broader personal life are fair game in this campaign. See this? Voters can ask the same questions of Donald Trump's junior, uh, Donald Trump's children, as they can of Hunter Biden's children, but uh, sorry, Joe Biden's son. But I personally think that going after Hunter Biden and then just mention the tabloid stuff as a reason, as a precursor, I just happen to think personally that going after Hunter Biden isn't fair game, guys. Sorry, I mean he's been very open with his struggles. Um, we don't want to demonize people who are struggling with addiction. Uh, that wouldn't be fair. That would that would probably cause harm in the community if we were to demonize somebody who's going through these kinds of struggles. So uh, for me, uh, we, we don't talk about Hunter Biden, okay? And anyway, his boss said he's a good boy and he didn't do anything. So really, what is there to talk about other than the potential for power and access of rich children? <laughs> The power and access that might be obtained not only by Hunter Biden, but also by the Trumps. And in fact, you know, I, we shouldn't be making it all about kids. It's most definitely not about Hunter Biden, but Donald Trump Jr. might be running for president in 2024. So I think you need to consider that. See, just layers and layers and layers and layers of carefully crafted manipulations and inference and, you know, just nudging you just nudging you to the opinion that they want you to have. They're not just coming out and say, this is what you need to think, but they just create the kind of environment where it's, it's kind of like an obstacle course. You know, you might be running towards the finish line and then they just throw up a barrier and it makes you turn left or it makes you turn right. And then you, you think you're around that barrier and you're running towards the finish line again and then they throw like a tunnel in front of you and you, you run into the tunnel and it splits two ways, but they put... They put rats at one end of the tunnel on the right, so you have to run down the run on the left. So they just guide you to the opinion that they want you to have. And that's, that's really what they're getting at here. All of the accusations have no facts whatsoever, even though Joe, uh, Joe Biden did publicly admit to using taxpayer money to pressure a government to do something. But there's no facts whatsoever. It's not fair to go after the children, generally speaking, because they're not the politicians that you're voting for. But uh, 
Donald Trump Jr. might be running, so that kind of makes it a grey area. Also in that grey area is Hunter Biden's struggles with addiction, which means he's probably out of bounds. He's probably, you know, not a target, so we couldn't talk about that. Right? And really, you know, when people want to talk about corruption, well, there's nothing to say that corruption actually took place. But what we do know is true is the discussion that needs to be had about power and access. And seeing as Donald Trump is the president, who has more power and access, his kids or Joe Biden's kids? And that's how you get that's how you get to a, a brand new, fresh, shrink-wrapped opinion, ladies and gentlemen, a TV dinner-style opinion, where your loyal viewers can just march out into the world and start firing those rhetorical bullets without a single thought of how they got them in the first place. Isn't that great? Like I said, very slick stuff from Chris Eliza. Uh, that link will be in the show notes, just like everything else we refer to. I did look, we've been going for an hour already, so uh, we might have to turn this into a little bit of a mini marathon, I think, because I've got so much stuff to show you. Might have to come back tomorrow. Straight Pride Parade, marching for the oppressed majority. This is from Vice Media. Let's get right into it, shall we? Let's see what's going on. The Straight Pride Parade has officially started. Straight Pride Parade, a celebration of our sexual orientation, just like other people celebrate theirs. <laughs> Fuck off, Nazi sign in the background. Here's the thing. Here's my position on the Straight Pride Parade. Not that it should matter to you, because you've probably got your own opinion and stuff. Um, I'm of the opinion I don't really care. You know what I mean? Um, but I think that if people are going to, you know, if people are going to parade for things, then they may as well parade for things. And if it's if it's if it's of any value whatsoever, it's the value that uh, it's showing a whole bunch of people that they are not the only ones who are allowed to gather on mass and say a message. You know what I mean? I think that's worth knowing. Because I'm the kind of guy, I'm not easily offended. So, And I'm not for a moment suggesting that everyone should be that way because obviously everybody isn't that way. But uh, I, I'm of the opinion, well, if they can march, why can't they march? You know what I mean? Let's, if everybody wants to march, let people march. I don't give a fuck. Do, what you, do whatever the hell you got to do, man. I won't be attending the marches. I won't be going down there. But, you know, Godspeed. It's a free country. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of problems stem from... Uh, a particular group in society having the idea implanted in their head that they own marching, that they are the only ones who are allowed to rally. They are the only ones who are allowed to protest. They are the only ones who are allowed to do X, Y, and Z. And of course, well, if that were the case, then we wouldn't be living in a free society at all, would we? That wouldn't be fair. So if it's good for anything, it's good for that. It's good to show people who think that they are the only ones who have a right to march and a right to gather and a right to protest that they are not the only ones who have those rights. And in fact, those rights extend to everybody. So We just think it's great to be straight. They even it's have great a to be Marshall, straight. Milo Yiannopoulos, a very controversial gay man. Oh. Was this a true expression of an identity that they feel is being oppressed currently in America? They absolutely believe in what they're doing, and so do I. What felt a little bit more like a party and like a parade two blocks ago now feels like a lot more tension, and even the tone of the people marching in this parade has shifted. 
<laughs> She's going to get it more in depth here, but did you see, again, you see what we're talking about here? The little slight, they're so slight, these little manipulations. You basically need a lab to identify these tiny little slight deviations from what you would call objective. So it's just, the, it's all framing. She even, she, this is, this is how they do fair advice. And to be fair, she's a lot more fair than a lot of other people are. But she says, what was a party-like atmosphere a couple of blocks ago has now gotten more intense. Now, intense might be a way of saying that people are rabidly hanging over fences on the side of the road calling you a fucking Nazi and they wish you were dead because you happen to be marching. And then she says, but she doesn't even really address the protesters in that, in that one little clip. She will later on in the, in the clip. It's a long clip. But just in the little introduction piece, she doesn't mention really what the uh, anti-protesters are doing. But she she does she's very clear to remark that the what was it the the tone of the marches has changed, and I would suggest yes, if you were having a party and somebody came up to the party, she even called it a party like atmosphere herself. If you were having a party and then somebody kicked down the door and started screaming in your face and trying to attack you and calling you a piece of shit, then yes, your 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 happy disposition may shift slightly. <laughs> in order to match the disposition of those who are calling you a Nazi piece of shit who wants you dead, right? Like, that might make a difference. <laughs> for, some, for some reason, the people who are marching, well, their attitudes changed very quickly once they started getting urine hurled at them. I don't understand. They were all so happy earlier. What changed? I can't put my finger on it. I have no problem with people existing as straight people, and that this this rally exists shows that they do not understand where we are really coming from. Right. The LGBT is putting it in schools in the council. Well, see, now they might not understand where you're coming from, but why are you there? <laughs> they know where you are. They know where you are now. Where you came from is probably immaterial at the at this point. Because now you're just standing there giving them the finger. You don't even know these people. I'm giving the finger to these people because they have no idea where I'm coming from. Okay. Officers are telling them it's okay to be gay. It's not okay to be gay. <laughs> You've got love the piano music overlay. People screaming and brawling and trying to tear down public infrastructure and attack the police. My work here is done. I have just arrived in Boston. Boston. It's Saturday of Labor Day weekend, and I'm currently on my way to the Straight Pride Parade. The founders of Straight Pride have said they want to celebrate the contributions of straight America and provide a space in which straight people are able to, quote, be themselves and not fear persecution. <laughs> this has caused a lot of controversy. People it is a bit of a piss take, let's be honest here. <laughs> it, is, it is a troll. It has to be on some level. Whether the people um, involved in it are aware of the fact that it, it probably is a bit of a troll is 
you know, not necessarily relevant either. But definitely, like somebody said in the chat before, well, if they weren't so, if they weren't shoving it in our faces so much, to use uh, your term, then these people wouldn't be out here, you know, doing straight pride parades. And there's probably something to that. It's probably a bit of, well, if, like I said, if they can march, why can't I? Fuck them. You know what I mean? People like the mayor of Boston coming out, voicing their <laughs> The American opposition. flag bodysuit. I hope it stays peaceful. Does that, does that, I'm not sure that that necessarily, to be fair. Be themselves and not fear persecution. This has caused a lot of controversy. People like the mayor of Boston. If I see somebody wearing the condom suit, my first thought isn't straight man. <laughs> Rightly or wrongly. You know what I mean? I might mean, he, he might fuck, you know, 10 women a night. But if you get around in a bodysuit and those little cargo shorts with a belt, my first thought doesn't go to, wow, that's that's a piece of smoldering heterosexuality right there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just the thought. <laughs> and coming out, voicing their opposition. I hope it stays peaceful. The city of Boston have said they're going to have a massive police force here. This was something that started a couple months ago online. I think a lot of people thought it was a joke. They thought it wasn't going to happen. They got their permits in time. And yes, in fact, the straight pride parade is actually happening. And I love the I love the rationale that gets used. Oh, the Boston police are going to have a massive police presence there. But they don't say what the police presence is for. The police presence, I suspect, is not for the people who are marching. Like, it's not to stop the marching people from rioting it's not to stop the marching people from uh engaging in acts of violence it's to stop the people who are coming there to call them nazis and throw bottles of piss at them it's to stop them from erupting but see no mention of that otherwise why would they why would the police be there at all <clears throat> if there wasn't going to be two groups of people clashing then there would be no need for the police presence at least not to that effect if it was just one group of people marching and everybody else was of the opinion that, well, people can march for things if they want to, then there would be no need for the riot squad. But we just kind of glaze over that fact. In the parade and, being and like all pride parades, they even have a grand marshal. You guessed it, Milo Yiannopoulos. Yes, he's a gay man, a very controversial gay man. Well, I mean, he's not going to resist an opportunity for... <laughs> for trolling people, is he? Yeah, I mean, you can you can say a lot of things about Milo Yiannopoulos and like him or hate him, but if there's going to be uh, cameras and people waving flags of Donald Trump and saying oh, it's great to be straight and just sticking it up the other side, you know, if, he, if there's going to be people there pissing off people and there's going to be cameras filming the event, uh, five will get you ten that Milo Yiannopoulos will get himself a ticket to the event. That's just my... That's just my personal opinion. I think Milo is like, oh yeah, what is it? I'll, I'll, okay, I'll do it. Okay. Will, will there be cameras there, my darling? What are we doing? Are we, are we sticking it up the leftists? Are we? Oh well, wonderful. Oh yes, I'll be there. Where is? Does it even matter? Book me a ticket, sweetie. I'll be there. Shall I wear the Angus Young school uniform? Oh yes, fabulous. I have tremendous calves. Show off my good side, won't you? As he grabs the microphone and proceeds to be flaming for the crowd's enjoyment. But he was invited to be the Grand Marshal today. So I've been practicing my straight voice. Did I get it right? He's wearing a very sparkly Make America Straight Again hat. 
It's alright, I'm used to being on the bottom. I'll have more to say later once we've gone for a little walk in the sun. I'm seeing a lot of American flags. There is don't tread on me flags. There's the classic straight. Um, how is it? How is it that I know it's called the Gadsden flag and she doesn't? <laughs> There's a lot of um, don't tread on me flags. <laughs> See, every now and then, it's been a while to be fair, but every now and then I get somebody wander in to the audience and say, what the fuck are you talking about America for, you idiot? Who gives a fuck? Why do you care? What do you know? You don't know nothing about this country. I'm like, well, I, I know what the Gadsden flag is. Is is that a start? That's got to put me ahead at least of at least sixty percent of the progressives who call it the "Don't Tread on Me" snake flag. I've got to be ahead of them, surely. Pride flag, which you all know and love, as being the symbol of a man and a woman together with pink and blue. Straight lives matter. Oh my. But to be fair, she is she is being kind of uh, low key about it all. She's not being very uppity. She's she's being all right. Oh my gosh, funny. The shark from the Katy Perry video is here. Straight lives matter. What does that mean to you? Nothing. All lives matter. You know, gay lives matter. Straight lives matter. Everyone's lives matter except for socialists. So why is he in a shark onesie? <laughs> what he was like? He might have he might have a very succinct message to get out there into the universe. He might have some very important things to say. Did he think that his chances of being heard would be increased by going out that day dressed as a great white shark that's ready for bed? Like, how do you come to that decision? How can I, How is your message amplified by the fact that you are wearing a onesie? I'm not, what does the shark have to do with it? That's what I'm curious about. <laughs> is a shark now a straight thing? That I, I haven't received a memo about. Sharks are pretty tough. Pretty scary, I guess. Guess it works. Okay. Just kind of getting a mixed message vibe. I don't know about you. Where did you hear about the straight pride parade? Facebook. And when you first heard about Facebook. it, what was your initial thought? That's hilarious. I'm doing it. Yeah, <laughs> Laura Butler in the chat. Well, he got interviewed, Boogie. <laughs> you, you're correct. <laughs> you got me. Touche. What was funny about it? Um, because it's never been done. <laughs> You're right. I have to talk. I have to talk to the guy in a shark suit. She was probably expecting a moron. <laughs> Before and everyone's going to be pissed off, even though it's obviously a joke. Is it obviously a joke? Yes. Grow up. I take it all back. I love the shark guy. I just came to. I saw it on Facebook. And what do you think this is all about? Well, I just think it's a good opportunity to come down here and, uh, you know, say things and it's going to piss a whole bunch of people off. And it's funny because it's obviously a joke. Do you think it's a joke? Yes. <laughs> yes, it's a joke. Do you think it's serious? <laughs> and then imagine the, imagine the feeling that you would get when the guy in the shark costume says to you, wow, you fucking, you're really dumb, man. <laughs> you took this shit seriously. What are you, some kind of loser? How could you take this seriously? I'm dressed. I'm dressed as a fucking shark, you idiot. <laughs> if you're that angry, do something about it. Yeah. This does on? feel like it's trying to not only just troll the left, but a little bit poking fun at gay pride. Yeah. The route itself is the. Th isn't it fun to poke fun at things? Are we not allowed to poke fun at things? Is that cool? Can we have fun? Is fun still allowed? Are, are, are people on the right still? Are straight people allowed to have fun anymore? 
I mean, sure, we do get to have lots of fun. I mean, there's the whole heterosexual sex thing, which is, let's be honest, pretty fun. But can we have fun out of the bedroom as well? Or just do we have to keep our fun confined to the bedroom where nobody else can see it? (laughs) I don't care what the straight people do as long as they don't do it in front of me. Isn't it funny how things come full circle in a very short space of time? You know, I don't judge the straight people whatsoever. And whatever they want to do, whatever disgusting habits they have, if they could just keep it confined to the bedroom and not shove it down our faces, that would be fine. But they have to come out here and dance around and wave flags as if it's cool to be straight. I really just think that the straight people need to, you know, stay out of the limelight. We shouldn't be normalising their strange behaviour. It's not normal. Just keep it in the bedroom, you sickos. <laughs> just just like that. 30 years later, everybody's looking at each other going, how the hell did this happen? How did we get here? I thought we were telling them that they can't go outside. Now that we can't go, we can't have fun? Shit, we better do a parade or something. Can you get, is the is the shark onesie back from the dry cleaners? Yes, it is, honey. Yes. Fuck yes. We're doing this. Exact route that the gay pride parade that happened in Boston at the end of June took. I do feel like there was a missed opportunity to have the parade route be literally straight. You can't <laughs> deny. <laughs> that this is the 50th anniversary of Pride. Pride for LGBTQ people started at Stonewall, not as a parade, but as an expression of being in a space that a year prior they had been beaten by members of the police force. For- ah, okay, so the first parade wasn't a parade. It was an expression of pride. It was uh, it was a public expression uh, done in the manner of getting onto a street with a bunch of people and walking in a certain direction simultaneously. But we can't we shouldn't call it a parade. It wasn't a parade, guys. It was just a whole bunch of people in the same space at the same time walking down a street in the same direction. <laughs> the, the discussion about Hunter Biden is not about corruption. It's about power and access and nepotism. And it's just the same as, the, as what Donald Trump's children have. Okay, it's the exact same thing. Or being gay. And he identified as a Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> he identified as a sh- <laughs> And I identify as a Tyrannosaurus Rex, just in the background. She knew it was coming too. Look at the look on her face. <laughs> Members of the police force for being gay. And he identified as a Tyrannosaurus Rex. He identifies as a shark. (laughs) (laughs) What is the straight pride parade and what do you want to accomplish? A celebration of our sexual orientation just like other people celebrate theirs. Straight pride parade. Deals. We think it's great to be straight. Uh, That's a Boston uh, local. Any other group, we just think it's great to be straight. So all are welcome to come celebrate us. We got our our straight allies. Come celebrate us. We're straight. Now, I don't want to make any judgments about Mr. Hugo, uh, but is Mr. Hugo hoping that young ladies will come and celebrate with him about being straight? Hey, are you straight? Yeah. Do you want to have sex? Um, uh, maybe not. Have you seen the shark guy? Where's the shark guy? Can I get his number? I'll settle for T-Rex. <laughs> I came down here to get laid. I thought I thought this was an orgy. Have I been misguided? 
somebody's telling me porky pies. You're coming here to march with us in solidarity. There seems to be some unhappy Americans, though. In well, the you're going to get here. that in all the time. Now, here we got these people holding signs that say Nazis. We actually have a Jewish delegation, and we've allowed oh. them to carry the. Point to the token. Hey, don't call us Nazi. There's a Jewish guy over here, okay? End of discussion. <laughs> By the way, we hate identity politics. I, I can prove that we hate identity politics by pointing out the Jewish people in our crowd. And look, there's a black guy and we have some Asians and some Latinos over there. So that's how much we hate identity politics, guys. We hate identity politics so much that we gathered up as many identities as we can to point to when people accuse us of being Nazis because we hate identity politics. Flag from Israel, the Israeli national flag, because we love our Jewish brothers and sisters. Flying the flag of Israel. Because we're patriotic Americans. So please don't listen to their narrative. It's a false narrative. So for a while, you were not uh, actually going to be allowed to have this march. It was an issue with permits, and that was a big turning point. And, and that's point. why so, God yep. made lawyers. But now you are having that's the why God made lawyers. what you I love wanted. That so what do you want to show, I guess, at this outing? We want tolerance, just like everybody else. And we have a right to tolerance. And we got a wonderful crowd, as you can hear. Is tolerance a right? Like, sorry, pardon the pun. I know I might be raining on some people's parade here. Sorry. But that, that thing kicks in in my brain. Is uh, I, is tolerance a right? Is that in the Bill of Rights? The right of tolerance? Might be just after the Second Amendment. Maybe the Second Amendment gives you the right of tolerance. I don't have to put up with this. I have a gun. <laughs> you have to put up with me because I have a gun. There's your right of tolerance. <laughs> We're all riled up today. We got some of the most amazing speakers, and we're gonna have a terrific day. And next year in America, there's gonna be a hundred straight pride parades. What brought you here today? Hundred. I love Jesus with all my heart. Yeah. I and love being Jesus. Straight is great, mm -hmm. and I believe that we have not stood up for that, mm. and that we have suppressed it to the point where when your children come home automatically thinking it's okay to be gay, mm. then we have not done yeah, our parts as parents. It's not okay to be gay. If, if it was okay to be gay. Lots of super cuts going in here. Lots of heavy cutting involved. But, see, I, I, I'm like, how is this a villain? How is this a figure of hatred? Why are you here? Well, I'm just here because I love Jesus so much. It's like it's pretty hard to hate that kind of person, you know what I mean? Like you have to try to hate that kind of person. You have to try to stand in the face of somebody who says, I'm just down here because I love Jesus and stand there and like spit in their face. You fucking Nazi asshole. You have to really plumb the depths of your own psyche to get to work yourself up into a fury you know, worthy enough of screaming in the face of little ladies who say, oh, I just love Jesus Christ and I believe in the, in the, I believe in the son of God and uh, I'm just a proud Christian. You know, this is probably the person who will cook, bake you cookies after the parade. And say, so that's okay, sweetie. You don't have to be straight to enjoy my chocolate chip. It's all the same when it goes down, honey. <laughs> it's very hard to hate these people. How would we be here? You're like parents. a pro. They're trying. They're trying, though. You better believe it. You better believe it. Yes. 
Yeah. So they're chanting Milo. I you know that. Milo know is the Grand Marshal yes. of the parade. You know yes. he's a yes. gay man. I know married he's a to a man. Yes. I so what yes. do you think about that? Uh, well, I'm glad he's out here with us today, and he supports straight marriages. But if I get a chance to minister to anyone, mm -hmm. I'm going to tell them that's not God's design. Where are you from? You're allowed to do that. You're allowed to tell them that. See, the thing I always find funny is there was an issue with a football player here in Australia, uh, a guy named Israel Folau, who was the best, he, he still is, even though he's not playing anymore, the best rugby player that we have in this country, the best rugby union player, one of the best in the world, the best in the Australian team by far. And he got kicked out of the Australian rugby team because he put some shit on Instagram, something like uh, homosexuals will go to hell. Because he's a devout Christian. He's actually a minister. And he's an islander. Like, he's of islander descent. And if you know anything about that sort of Tonga and Samoa part of the world, when you're a devout Christian from that part of the world, you're a devout Christian. They take that shit seriously. So they said to him, you need, they basically said, you need to recant your faith if you want to keep playing rugby. Because it was his own private account. It wasn't, um, you know, he wasn't speaking on behalf of the Australian Rugby Union or anything like that. It was his own private Instagram account where he was quoting out, you know, he was tweeting out uh, Bible quotes and God stuff. So they basically forced the guy to make a choice between playing rugby or God, a choice that I never thought he was going to choose rugby, and they fired him. And now he's trying to play rugby league, which is a different kind of rugby union, if you want to put it that way, for our American brothers and sisters. He's trying to play rugby league, which is a different sport, and they're trying to ban him from doing that too. Because he refused to denounce his faith publicly, basically. It's an absolute shit show. But the thing that I find amusing is uh, people saying, how could you tell somebody that they're going to hell? And my first reaction is, but hang on, you don't believe in it. You don't believe in what he's saying. You don't believe in his God. So what difference does it make? You know what I mean? Like, what's the difference if you go up to somebody and talk about the wage gap and they don't believe in the wage gap? You can scream all kinds of shit about the wage gap. They're not going to care because they don't believe in it. They'll go, oh, okay, whatever. So yeah. And they won't think about you again for the rest of the day. But for some reason, when a Christian guy says Christian things, Christian things that you don't believe in, you get offended. Why? <laughs> you don't care. You don't believe in it. Why is it even an issue for you? It's an issue, though. I don't believe in God, and I don't believe in all of those fairy tales, but I definitely don't want somebody telling those fairy tales to me because that will make me very offended. <laughs> like, if you think... If you think the Bible is fairy tales and if you think God is a figment of people's imagination, you may as well get offended at Winnie the Pooh. You may as well get offended at the story of the three little bears. What the hell is the difference? They're not real. There wasn't really a house and the honey and the, the porridge was too hot and too cold. That didn't happen. So why do you care? I, I just I just don't understand. Davidson, Michigan. Davidson, Michigan? Same. Same. So that's kind of not close to Boston. No, it's a 20-hour drive. 20 hours? Plus some, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So what brought you out here today? Straight pride. Okay. Straight pride, baby. Right there. Dad. You want to have sex model. right now? Tell me about your outfit today. <laughs> it says dead on it, and there's all sorts of responsibilities of a dead. And do you think that there's people out there who are trying to not have 
dads with those characteristics or? Well, that would be called. One thing I thought was very clever from Vice, and they're getting better at this, uh, take a look at the microphone. See how there's no Vice insignia on the microphone? There's no Vice uh, label or sticker on anything that she's wearing. Because if you go up to people and it's clear that you're from like a company like Vice and you're trying to interview people, then you're going to get an, an instantaneous reaction. But she's going up as a friend and asking and trying to get things out of people instead of being confrontational and sticking a Vice microphone in their, in their face. So I thought that was interesting. Just, just a little side note. Toxic masculinity, wasn't oh, it? okay. Have you been attacked for your beliefs? No, I work with a bunch of people just like me. You're so, amongst your kin. You're like-minded people. And I don't want to use the word safe space, but like in a space in which you can look to the left and the right and you know that the people... <laughs> She's very snarky, though. <laughs> I don't want to use the word safe space. Of course, you just wouldn't use it then. But you want to you want to say the word safe space and you want to put this guy on the back foot, which is exactly why you said I don't want to use the word safe space. Donald Trump does that a lot. I would ne I would never call the leader of North Korea fat. I would never call Joe Biden incompetent. I would never say the Democrats are corrupt. I would never say the fake news media is unethical. I don't want to use the term safe space doing the same thing around you are of similar beliefs and that makes right. you feel more comfortable to be yourself. Correct. If you believe there are more than two genders, you should go back to school. Can you tell me a little bit about this flag that you're holding? Yes, it's the, the flag of straight pride. The pink is for girl and it has the female symbol and then the blue is for boy and it has the male symbol. You individual. <laughs> yeah. She probably interviewed a whole bunch of people and then they probably selected certain people. So I kind of feel a bit sorry for this woman. Why don't you tell us about your flag? Uh-huh. Well, the pink is for girl and the blue is for boy. It's like, oh, that's getting in the final cut. We're putting that in the documentary. Because remember, we're trying to present these people like they're morons. Like they're idiots, the whole lot of them. we got the guy in the shark suit. we got the guy from down south who... Uh, who uh, has a big beard and works in a safe space. You know what I mean? Let's skip ahead here to where the action happens, shall we? So as you can see, they're all having fun. They're a group, as, pre as presented by this little mini documentary, they're a group of hapless yet lovable morons who are marching on behalf of being straight and being proud of it. That's what Vice is, you know. Well, you know, they're not dangerous, but they're definitely stupid. They Thank you, Vice. Thank you for that. So let's skip ahead to where the fun happens. This is where the tolerance kicks in with the police helicopters flying overhead. <laughs> let's see how the other side looks. My gay people are portraying people. Identical. I'm here to celebrate their lifestyle. Good for them. I definitely expected people on both sides to be sort of upset with each other. I don't think I expected the amount of people to show up. We're starting to get into a bit of a denser part of the parade route. What felt a little bit more like a party and like a parade two blocks ago now feels like a lot more tension and a lot more anger. And even the tone of the people marching in this parade has shifted. <laughs> it's just so snarky and manipulative there. It, it, the, it just feels like more anger. She doesn't say where the anger is coming from. It, the way it, it the way it was presented, if it was just in a vacuum and you were just listening to it, 
the way that she says that, you would think that the people marching just decided to start getting angry themselves. She says it's a more heavily populated part of the route. Not that there are more protesters on this part of the route. And, you know, and even the people marching just seem to be getting angry for some reason. And you look at the sign, it's fuck your system, sis, as in C-I-S. <laughs> they're wearing rainbow flags as, as bandanas, <laughs> like they're some kind of gay biker gang. <laughs> I don't know where this anger's coming from. Fuck you, Nazi pig! Um, well, it just seems to be getting a little more angrified down here. <laughs> Even the people marching seem to be getting a little upset. I don't understand. Oh my gosh, the crowd just oh my basically gosh, tripled guys. of people who are here to protest. Holding up? We are feeling fine. We feel, I feel sorry for... Holding up? <laughs> How are you guys doing? Are you okay? Are you holding up okay? Did you hear that? She's gone up to the people who are down there to scream insults at the people marching and asking them if they're okay. <laughs> My question would be, why are you here? Not, are you okay? Are you holding up okay? Are you doing good there? Are you brave? Brave little soldier. I would have been, what the fuck are you doing here? Why are, you, why are you on the side of a parade route screaming at people marching? Isn't that kind of dumb? Why don't you go home? What are you doing? <laughs> no. How are you feeling? How are you feeling, sweetheart? Are you holding up okay? Did the straight people make you sad? It's okay. I understand. I understand. They're very Nazi-like, aren't they? They're, they, they're even getting angry for some reason. Getting angry and scary. These people, honestly, I do not hate them. I hate is what they want, and I am sorry for them that they feel so mis- Hate is what they want. <laughs> really? <laughs> I thought most people are kind of sick of the hate, but yeah, I could be wrong. More hate, bring it. Guided that they think this is necessary. Why do you think this is existing right now in 2019? But this is the thing. I don't understand why they think is necessary. That's the exact same question that they ask you. That's the exact same thing that they say to you. Are you so devoid of self-reflection that you can't identify what's happening here? I'm just down here because I don't hate them or anything. I think everybody has a right to their sexuality, but I just don't understand why they need to be out of here waving it in our faces. Like, have you have you no power to look inward at all? It's the exact same thing they say to you. And you're down there fucking screaming your tits off at them for doing it. <laughs> Lisa in the chat says, Boogie, the protesters against the straight pride parade are entitled to their own safe space. <laughs> yes. That's why they're behind the barricade getting pepper sprayed. <laughs> I think it is because they are afraid. I think they know that because queer people have power, they think that means less power for them. So they're marching because they're afraid? Where do you get this from? So they simultaneously hate you and are afraid of you. Gotcha. Right. Okay. But they're the dangerous one at the same time. Okay, so they're the dangerous one that puts you at risk because they hate you. And the reason that they're marching there, taking your insults on the street with the cameras rolling and waving their flags and dancing and singing and, dare I say it, having a gay old time, is because they're terrified of you. Are you following along at home? 
FM. It does not. We do not want to be stronger or higher up on the ladder than straight people. We just want to be treated equally. And to them being treated equally, they think that that means that we want more. We but... <laughs> <coughs> we just want to be treated equally. We want to be able to march and they shouldn't be allowed to march. It's just endless. I mean, your brain has to be twisted into a pretzel at this point, right? Like, we're just here because we want to be treated equally. They shouldn't be here. <laughs> because they don't... Because they don't treat us equally, which is why they shouldn't be allowed to march when all we want to do is march and be treated equally. It's like... Okay. We do not want more. And I have no problem with people existing as straight people. And that this, this rally exists shows that they do not understand where we are really. I have no problem with people existing as straight people. Well, that's, that's convenient because you wouldn't be here, darling, if they didn't. <laughs> the whole line of ancestry would just get wiped out if you did have a problem with it. Coming from. So what do you think? I feel like in the beginning it felt like more of a party and now it feels like... That's because that's Antifa. They're miserable. Yeah? Do you feel <laughs> in danger in any way, shape, or form? Hey, we're willing to die for our beliefs. Really? Yes. Wow, that's a big statement. Gotta protect our country and our constitution. <laughs> at first I actually thought that people... <laughs> I, I don't know. It's coming at me from all angles here, guys. I'm doing my best. <laughs> I'm ready to die for this. <laughs> what, the straight pride parade? No, the country and the constitution. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand where all this is coming from. <laughs> Sorry. The parade were outnumbering the protesters, not in this space. There are about three to one in terms of protesters to actual people in the parade. So basically everyone who is protesting is now in this very condensed space. Cops now and protesters seem to be facing off. Are they are they chanting "fuck the cops"? Oh, that's that's a good way to get on their good side. The cops are probably straight though, so they probably had it coming to them. If you know what I mean. The groups of protesters they started to have a bit of a face-off and clash with the police. A couple right. people were arrested. A lot of chanting of anti-fascists. Ah. There is a massive crowd of protesters behind me. There are helicopters circling overhead. There are probably 200 police officers here and full riot gear. Oh my god, it's the police state. Uh, it actually says state police. Police state. I'm looking at him in the reflection of the Starbucks window. It says police state to me. The police state are their back. They're hit their back to crack more homosexual skulls. Those fascist pigs. I knew it. Here, there is also classical music being played. It is a very odd scene. So now we're just waiting for speeches to begin from members of the Straight Pride Parade. If you are a supporter of ours and you're still stuck in that crowd, make some noise. I think a little bit too secure. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> that wasn't good optics, sorry. There's not a lot 
the people here on the straight pride side. The gays outnumber the straights. Finally, we will all be extinct in a very short space of time. Well done. It's what we were working towards. I'm glad. I'm glad it's going to happen. I want the bacteria to take over the earth. Bacteria can be any sex it wants, by the way. It's genderless. It just, it, it procreates by smashing together. And a bit of ooze dribbles out. That's how they make more bacteria. Couldn't we learn something from the bacteria? Just smash our bodies together in a panic until we duplicate? Wouldn't that be so much easier? Having to go through all this straight versus gay nonsense. All this intolerance and bigotry. Uh, there is a lot of people who are protesting the straight pride parade. So if it's a numbers game, that side seems to be winning. Yeah, that's what it's all about. It's about winning. <laughs> we beat the straight people. We won. We won. Of, of course, until the parade is over. And then you go back to being a an extreme minority. But whatever. As long as you felt good on the day, that's the main thing, I guess. Uh, let's celebrate more straightism, more intolerant, bigoted straightism with a couple of stories here. Let's go back to back. I found, I found this a little interesting. And for, for a very specific reason... I want you to see tolerance in action because I think that's really the, the main crux of the issue here. We all need to just be a little bit more tolerant, guys, okay? We need to be accepting of people. We need to accept people for who they are and how they dress more than anything else, right? The story is getting a lot of you fired up out there. A high school senior's homecoming dance did not go as planned after she was turned away at the door. Yeah, organizers say the jumpsuit that she's wearing was out of dress code. ABC Action News reporter Jasmine Stiles joined us in studio now with their justification for this decision. Yes, like, uh, forget if you won't, if forget if for a moment uh, the fact that for some reason a homecoming dance being disrupted by a girl who wanted to wear a jumpsuit instead of a dress Forget for a moment that this made the news in Tampa Bay. Like, there must be fucking nothing going on in Tampa. <laughs> there must be fuck all happening in Florida for some, for this weekend, for this to be news. But put that to one side. So the organizers say that this jumpsuit just didn't meet the semi-formal dress code. Almost 500 of you guys have commented on... Lisa says, be careful, Boogie. They may sodomize you into submission. No, they don't even have to do that. Now you can just download an iPhone app. And it says, hey, why don't you try sucking a dick? You might like it. It's like, well, I've got to give it a go. The the iPhone told me to. I absolutely must go out there and start dogging random men in the local park after dark. Can't wait. This story on our ABC Action News Facebook page with many people supporting the 17-year-old. Darcy Kruger went shopping for dresses but didn't see anything she liked, so she... <laughs> imagine, imagine. Now we've really come full circle. Circa 2015, when the pantsuit was the fashion item to have for any girl who wants to be president. Now in 2019, since the fascists have taken control, since the bigots and the misogynists and the patriarchy has kicked back into full gear, aka 1951, uh, the pantsuit is no longer acceptable in modern society. And I say good, good. We've had enough of pantsuits. It's about time we crack down on these rebels. No, you, you can't be homecoming queen. You're not even wearing a nice gown, you bitch. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's just dumb. This is news, says Poop Angel. Yes, this is news. 
she just jazzed up a jumper she already had in her closet. But when she got to the Tampa Bay Home School homecoming dance, organizers say she couldn't come in unless she changed. She okay. decided it just wasn't worth the hassle. A local photographer... She just It wasn't worth the hassle, yet now it's become newsworthy. Something that even she didn't give a fuck about at the time has now become an issue on the news. Okay, so that's the story, all right? The girl wasn't allowed into the homecoming dance because she wasn't wearing a dress. Now, I want to draw your attention to this handsome young man who won the Homecoming Queen Award because he was wearing a dress. <laughs> now, now I want to see how far can we go in the depths of tolerance here. Here we have a, a nice, you know, attractive young girl goes out and buys a very stylish pantsuit. It looks good. It, yes, Molly's saying it looks formal enough. It looks okay to me. Nope, you're not allowed. Get the fuck out. We have rules, rules that must be followed. And you can't be allowed into the homecoming dance unless you're uh, wearing a dress. Enter this young African-American man who says, hold my, hold my sugar cane. I'm going in. This teen changed the game at homecoming. So brave. I truly believe that I'm a queen, so I wanted to wear a dress. 17-year-old Brandon Allen accepted the honor of homecoming royalty from his Memphis, Tennessee high school. <laughs> the thing I love about this most of all is it's being done on the football field. Now, as we all know, the football field is like the it's like the beating heart of toxic masculinity, right? So what better place to hold the crowning of the homecoming queen, which happens to be a man in a dress, than at halftime of the high school football game? <laughs> you know, I don't care what they do as long as they don't rub it in our faces. <laughs> Can you imagine the horror from the people in the crowd what there to watch the football? Could you imagine the horror from the visiting team when they they probably saw this taking place, you know, either before the game or halftime, and they probably got back into the dressing room and said, "We these guys are going to smash us. And it's like, what do you mean? And it says, these guys are clearly fearless. They're putting a guy in the dress on the field. You don't think they're going to beat the living shit out of us when we go out there? They've got balls, man. If they're willing to do this at a football game, what the hell do you think they're going to do to us? I bet the team probably went on to win, you know, 60 nil. Probably absolutely smashed them. The title will ensure that everyone who wants a shot at the crown can get one. Although everyone. Brandon says he wouldn't have mind. <laughs> everyone who wants to be homecoming queen can. Unless you're a girl wearing a pantsuit. Then it's get the fuck out. We have rules. <laughs> yes. Yes. Being crowned the queen. I always felt like I was a queen. I always felt like I am the, I am that, I am that business. I am that news. I am that. I am yes, the news, I, I'm baby. A Work photo it, honey. of Brandon winning the title posted on the school's Facebook page got an overwhelming response. While most commenters were supportive, others took issue with him uh, wearing a dress or even being considered the bigots. Bigots. That's why. For homecoming court, but he wasn't too bothered by the backlash. <laughs> Some parents be asking their kids, like, oh, are you gay? Like, what are you, are you becoming a female? But, like, I know I wanted to be me. The school's principal defended Brandon, saying... There's the principal. 
I am... <laughs> I am Jack's raging sense of shock. <laughs> it was his right to run for court, and it was the students' choice to support whomever they want for home... Yay! But my friend was wearing a pantsuit. You didn't let her in. Shut up! We have rules. You have to wear a dress. Okay, come on up, sir. You look fabulous. Coming royalty. Brandon hopes he inspires others to Like I said, on the football field. On the football field. The, 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 this is a great part. It's the fact that not only now, and I think, you know, because I am a champion of equality, so I really do take pleasure in seeing, uh, you know, transgender men, for example, competing on the same field as women and absolutely grinding them into the dirt in female sports. Like, for me, that brings me joy. I don't get angry at that because I think that's true equality in action. So not only are the athletes now defeating the women in the world of equality when it comes to the sports, but they're also beating them at the beauty pageants. <laughs> it's like, this This proves it. Men are really the best at everything. Right? Sorry. Sorry, it's not my fault. I'm just being extra tolerant here. I'm being super tolerant. I'm being very progressive. We just win everything. You can put a man in a dress and he wins the pageant over women in a dress. Women, you need to lift your game. I'm telling you. It's like you wanted equality. You should have thought about that. Because <laughs> now we're all competing on the same field. And your classmates are voting for men to be homecoming queen instead of you. <laughs> Whoever they want to be. Don't change yourself for nobody else but no. you. Don't try to hide yourself all because some people might not accept you. Because trust and believe me, there are going to be people who don't accept you. And you got to be like, oh, I don't care. I'm going to do that's good. That's good advice. That's tremendous advice. Just be who you're going to be. Some people will never accept you. Don't be afraid of who you are. I couldn't agree more. Um, will the next homecoming queen be wearing an SS outfit? Will the next will the next homecoming queen be a guy in a bedsheet who says, well, you know, I'm just not afraid of who I am. I was always told, just be who you are, believe in what you believe. And when people try to tell you you're wrong, you just pursue, you just keep going. You believe in yourself. And I'm just up here representing who I am and the things that I believe in. And I, you know, I think I have a, I think I have a right to enter the homecoming queen, uh, competition just as much as anybody else. And I'm up here. I bleached my bed sheets all nice and white, beautiful, nice white color. I got a new embroidery on the chest. I think you can see that. My grandmammy, my mammy made that for me. My grandmama. She may be 93 years old, but she's still a demon when it comes to the sewing machine. I tell you what, so I'm just up here believing in what I believe. Me, I'm gonna be myself truly and unapologetically. USSR Tube says, if a man steps on Mars and later transitions to be a woman. Now, these these are the kinds of questions that we like to ask on this show. Welcome aboard. If if a man steps on Mars and later transitions to a woman, did a woman step on Mars? That's an excellent question. See, did a woman win those gold medals all along? Did Caitlyn Jenner win the men's 400 metre? Or whatever fucking distance Caitlyn Jenner used to run in, in a different time, a different era. I guess she did. I guess she did. We're going to have to go around and put asterisks 
to all of the events throughout human history. On this day, a man, for now, climbed Mount Everest. <laughs> I wonder if people can be posthumously regendered. That's really the cure to all this. Let's just erase any kind of gendered language whatsoever from any kind of record that we have publicly available. I think. Pinochet says uh, he's got shoulders like a fullback. Well, maybe he was playing in the game. And then, oh, boys, I'll be down for the halftime talk in a minute. I've just, go, I've just got to go and get my crown. I'll be right back. And then minced back into the locker room. Uh-uh-uh, check it out, honey. <laughs> now toss me the ball. I'm going to show you how to play football. Genuine American football. Isn't it wonderful? Uh, celebrating more straight pride here. Woman tries out pretty braided hairstyle, but it ends up looking very X-rated. <laughs> Again, this is news. <laughs> that really does look like a penis, though. The hairdresser probably hasn't been laid in quite some time. If you're listening to the podcast, you can't see it, but a woman has a series of braids in her hair that just looks like a penis from the back. There's, there's no mistaking it. Have you ever seen something online and been desperate to try it out for yourself? Well, one woman did just that with a stylish braided hairdo she'd seen on the internet. So she decided to give it a go. And while she totally nailed the hairstyle, some rather dirty-minded people couldn't help but notice that the finished result looked a little X-rated. <clears throat> Maybe we can get even more X-rated here. I have to show you this. Because we were talking about AI yesterday. We were talking about the future of the horrifying future of AI, which is upon us right now. That being the fact that we're going to be putting down our phones within the next 10 years and we're just going to have microphones in every room of the house listen to everything that we say because picking up the phone to order an Uber Eats is just too damn fucking hard. So we have to scream at the wall instead, scream at the ceiling to get us a Domino's. So that's our future. <clears throat> so keeping on the AI theme, the auto blow. <laughs> we're celebrating straight pride here today on the show. <laughs> The auto blow uses AI technology to read your mind for perfect oral sex. It's like, ladies, ladies, you are in serious trouble of being extinct here. We're crushing you on the sports field. We are winning the homecoming queen tiaras. And now we have robots that can actually read our mind to perform perfect oral sex instead of telling you that you're doing a good job. <laughs> So there's a little video that comes along with it. And I have to show you the video because it's presented not in a seedy way at all, but like they're trying to sell something on the late night shopping network, like it's a set of steak knives. Have a look at this. The new Autoblow AI is 50% quieter than the Autoblow 2. <laughs> like a car commercial. The, AI, the new Auto Blow AI is 50% quieter than the Auto Blow 1. It's like, yes, because when you're sticking your penis into a blowjob machine, you want to be sure to not alert your neighbours. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is, that, is that John again? Is he firing up the blowjob machine? Jesus Christ, man, it's 6.30 in the morning on a Sunday. Don't you have anything better to do? I'd rather he mow the lawns than have that thing going off again. God. You're going to wake up the whole damn neighborhood. 
Well, with the new Auto Blow AI 5000, you'll find that the sucking sounds of being pleasured are at least 50% less abrasive than they used to be. Well, I better order myself one today. Better get one right now. No more complaints from the neighbors. Three times more powerful. Three times more power. <laughs> it's got more power. Three times more powerful. Look, we know that you're a real man, and real men love real power. Arr, arr, arr. So if you set this thing to max, it will literally rip your cock off. That's how powerful this fucking beast is. <laughs> like I said, it's like that could be advertising a Jaguar. The new Dodge Viper is at least 50% less. Uh, the, the new Dodge Viper comes with a range of additional features. 50% less sound, three times the power. In testing, it literally ripped one of the testicles off our patients. It was fucking amazing. Yeah, I'll buy another Bordeaux blow if they reattach my penis. I can't wait. All the neighbors heard was my screaming when the machine started to rip the foreskin off. <laughs> we made it quieter, but at the same time, we developed a new motor and a new gripper and sleeve. That a new gripper and sleeve. Because when you've got three times as much power and half the sound, you want to make sure that the thing's got a nice vice grip where it counts. Grab hold of that vein and don't let go. Makes it feel even more like a real blowjob. That's the main thing here. It was very realistic. <laughs> so realistic. It's it's so realistic that I didn't even realize that I was sticking my penis into something that looks like a tennis ball tin. I for a moment for a fleeting moment there, if only we could get the women to be 50% quieter. <laughs> Would you shut the hell up and just blow me already? God. I mean, if I could if I could get my girlfriend to make half as much noise as she usually does, if she could speak half as often, I wouldn't need the auto blow 5,000. <laughs> That's the real selling point. That's what they needed to say. Let's take a look at the auto blow AI's patent pending penis gripper. Patent you pending place penis gripper. You lubricated penis into the sleeve that's locked into place between the two ridges. The gripper moves. Let's go. We got to take this one full screen. <laughs> Looks like it's in a blender. I'm trying to describe it for the audience. So he's taken out a carrot and he's rubbed lube on it. Uh, this is to show the new gripping uh, utility of the Auto Blow 5000. It's the new gripper and a new motor, which makes it feel more realistic with 50% less noise. You place your lubricated penis into the sleeve that's locked into place between the two ridges. The gripper moves the sleeve up and down. That's it. This is the last ever episode. We're done. We're never coming back from this. My, my audience has been uh, diminishing very steadily over the last, say, I don't know, three months or so. And this, I think, will be the one that kills them all off. That This is it. After this, from now on, it's just you and me. <laughs> Sitting here. Hey, man, you got to check out Boogie Bumper. He does some amazing stuff. 
I mean, he was talking about the Ukraine and the media, and it was really insightful, and I learned a lot. Yeah, really? And then they tune in, and it's some guy sticking a carrot in a blender going, this feels better than a real blowjob. It's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it's 50% less power. It's 50% less noise. Three times the power. It'll suck the head right out of your skin. It'll suck the veins right out of your dick. It's amazing. Down over your penis, creating friction that feels fantastic. What? Fantastic friction. But the way it moves... Did you, did you hear the little sound effect they threw in there of the satisfied gent, one can only assume? Oh. It feels fantastic. Wow. But the way it wow. moves is the Autoblow AI's secret sauce. The new Autoblow AI uses four sensors and its own onboard mini computer to move this gripper to any of 250 different points. <laughs> They've thought of everything, haven't they? These guys should be designing ships that will take us to other galaxies. They're wasting they're wasting their god-given talents. There are there are 250 points of contact between the Auto Blow 5000 and your dick. <laughs> Using artificial intelligence. AI. Our team watched 6000 minutes of pornographic videos. <laughs> Our research team watched 6,000 minutes of pornographic videos. And at the end of the 6,000 minutes, our research team said, just five more minutes. <laughs> just, I've just got one more. <laughs> uh, we're not done here. I think there's still some more videos I haven't watched yet. Can you please just give us another hour or so? <laughs> there might be something that we're missing. Hang on. I think you better book us in for another 6,000 minutes, just to be sure, just to be safe. I, I, I want to make sure that we've covered every angle here. 250 points of contact. Years of research. <laughs> and we invented a way to input... 6,000 minutes of watching blowjobs, not getting any, which is why we had to invent the blowjob machine. <laughs> I, I spent three years watching people get blowjobs on a computer uh, without ever experiencing one. I think I am the perfect guy to design a machine to give the perfect blowjob data on what was happening during the blowjob scenes. We then ran several types of machine learning algorithms on the love Don't you love the fucking upbeat music in the background? They didn't go for the stereotypical porn music with the big slap bass and the funk stylings. No, it's like dun 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 hey. It's very upbeat and positive. Data set to build an AI model that recognized 16 blowjob techniques. 16, just 16 techniques. Have you heard about the 16 blowjob techniques? <laughs> what about 17? Isn't it a horrifying thought that in today's world there can be 65, gender, uh, 65 genders but only 16 ways to suck their dick? It's like, oh, come on. Can we try to even it up a little bit? This isn't even close to parody. Our team programmed those 16 techniques into 10... <laughs> If you're listening to the podcast, <laughs> if you're listening to the podcast, uh, there are now on the screen, there are now nine Auto Blow 5000s uh, displaying all of the different techniques that they use, which all look eerily similar. 
It all just looks like something grabbing a hold of the penis and just moving up and down. <laughs> no, it's very nuanced, you see. There are very slight differences between the different techniques. Gram those 16 techniques. But yes, graphs and charts, there's pie charts. Well, we think the pleasure zone is reached somewhere between 220 points of contact and 250. We discovered if we made it 50% less quiet and extracted three times the power, then we can bring our customers to orgasm with an efficiency rate of upwards of 85%. I mean, we've put some serious thought into this. We watched 6,000 minutes of blowjob footage to map to... <laughs> to to accurately, as, as, though, as though we were drawing a map of North America in the 1500s, we have very meticulously watched 6,000 minutes of blowjob footage and we think that we have come up with the perfect design for a robot that reads your mind to simulate oral sex. Into 10 experiences on our machine so that you can enjoy blowjobs exactly how they're given in real life. Well, not Did exactly. Did you auto-blow AI? Oh, no, that's enough. <laughs> I love it. So you can, you can, you can experience what blowjobs are exactly life in, like in real life. Really? It's, if I was having sex with a Pringles can, with a bit of, bit of styrofoam stuffed into it, perhaps. Anyway, on that note, on that happy note, uh, we've gone overtime tonight. We went extra now, long. Now, come on in, guys. You get started into up. this. So, there's your knives and forks. Thank How you. are you with hot and spicy food? And we've gone straight into a cooking clip for some reason. Uh, on that happy note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. I'll be back Sunday night with Trust and Verify, the flying Hawaiian James R. Uh, if you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And if you would like to... I actually have no kooky little outro for that thing that we just watched. Tell you what, if you would like to deliver it with half the noise and three times the power, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. Uh, like I said, back on Sunday night with James, don't forget to follow our friends at RealPersonPLTCS at ChrisMC44 at YCensored underscore. She's on tomorrow night, Thursday at 11 p.m. Uh, uh, except for that, I'll be back Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday with more Daily Boogie. Have a great weekend. Thank you so much for joining us. Until next time, guys, stay calm, stay rational. God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>